This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, and we're gazing our way into episode number 32. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. The tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I'm bringing you episode number 32. Today, we have Corwin in the background, as per usual, and as you can hear. Today we're going to talk about what to expect from the newborn exam. First, what is the newborn exam? When your baby is brand new, your doctor or your midwife is going to do an examination. There's usually an examination done right away, right after your baby's born, and that's where the APGAR score is given. The APGAR score assesses for just general signs of your baby's health and well-being. There's usually one given at one minute and one at five minutes. If your baby has been a little slow to start or needed a couple of breaths or any sort of help to get going, then there's often another APGAR score given at seven or ten minutes. But two is very normal. Um, And it's also normal sometimes for a baby to need a breath or something to get going, so you shouldn't be really worried. The full newborn exam is different than this initial assessment that's done. The full newborn exam and the timing of it really varies based on where you are. It's usually done by a pediatrician or a midwife. And it may be done soon after the birth or it can wait even a day or so away from the birth. In the United States, it tends to be done pretty quickly in the hospital. I know that in the UK, it's sometimes delayed a bit more, even on the second day being done, and it's often done by midwives there rather than by a pediatrician. If you're having a home birth, then the midwife usually does it after several hours. Some midwives choose not to do it at all on the first day. They just do observation and and do a quick overview of the baby, but they don't do the whole newborn exam. And as we talk about this, you'll understand what the whole newborn exam is. And even though most babies don't mind it at all, it's a pretty involved exam. So some midwives prefer to wait, um, like, like is becoming more common in places like the UK, to do it even on the second day when they're back to check on you and your baby. Because that... The reason for delaying it is because it gives you and your baby time to bond without interruption. It really just gives you that uninterrupted time. And if you've chosen to have a family birth or an unassisted birth, then you're probably going to take that time just to, to be with your baby and to get to know your baby. And even if you do ultimately take your baby into the pediatrician at some point within the first week or two, Uh, You wouldn't be in a rush to take your baby right away. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have been planning an unassisted birth. And babies are just fine. Another reason why I share this with you is because I want you to trust in your own powers of observation. And moms and dads often know if something isn't right with their baby 
they can sense it or they can tell that something seems a little bit odd and so you're able to uh, you're able to to say to your care provider is this normal or could you look into this so trust yourself and your own observations even if your care provider is delaying the new newborn exam or even if they've done an exam already and you still feel like maybe something isn't isn't right here so you want to to take a look at what's going on with your baby then that's okay to do too the newborn exam is a full head-to-toe assessment of your baby his or her physical characteristics and it also looks at neurologic characteristics so it's going to look at what's going on with your baby neurologically it's going to look at your baby's reflexes I'm pulling from two primary sources when I talk about the newborn exam and I want to let you know those sources in case you want to go back and and look at them for yourself sorry about that Corwin's nursing so he apparently just got choked on milk um, but the sources that I'm pulling this from are physical assessment of the newborn which is by Ellen Tapero and Mary Ellen Honeyfield and then holistic midwifery volume 2 by Ann Fry and uh, Obviously, physical assessment of the newborn is an entire book just about the newborn exam, and it's a really good book. I really enjoy it. And then Holistic Midwifery 2 is, is a manual for midwives, and Volume 2 is discussing uh, labor, birth, and the immediate postpartum, such as when you would examine baby. And if you want to do more research on your own, these are both really good resources to go to. Both of them do discuss uh, problems that babies could have, and especially physical assessment of the newborn has a lot of pictures that may be disturbing. So that's just a little trigger warning for you, especially if you're in late pregnancy, when you tend to be more emotionally sensitive to those topics. But both of them, comprehensive guides. So when your baby is examined I definitely recommend that you be there I'm not sure if it's hospital policy to generally do the exam right in front of the mom and dad or if it's typically done in the nursery I personally would recommend that you find out from your care provider where and how the newborn exam is done and then I would certainly request that it be done in your presence the reason why is first of all because it's your baby and you're probably going to feel pretty protective and you're going to want to see everything that's going on with your baby secondly it's very reassuring to you because you're able to see your care provider really check over your baby and thirdly your care provider can help educate you through the process as they're checking things on your baby they can be giving a narration of what they're doing and so you can go bit by bit with them through the exam and just see what they're seeing and it helps you get to know your baby a little bit better as I said earlier babies don't generally mind the newborn exam and the newborn exam is actually usually organized in a way that what would be most disturbing for the baby is usually saved for last most babies do not like the hip examination and so that's usually the very last part of the newborn exam now every care provider 
is going to have their own method of doing the newborn exam. So when I talk to you about the newborn exam, they may not do it in this particular order, or they may do it in a certain order initially going by the book, so to speak. And then as they gain more experience, they'll probably improve upon it or find a flow that works for them with the exam. Also, a skilled practitioner, midwife, doctor, is going to is going to combine parts of the exam together and this is where it can be helpful to have them narrating what they're doing out loud because they can check for reflexes while they're checking on certain areas of the body. What do they look for in the newborn exam? What are you going to see? First of all, they'll, they'll keep your baby warm. If you're in the hospital, the baby will probably be under a radiant warmer. Um, and if you're at home, the baby will probably be examined on the bed right by your feet, sometimes on a, a heating pad. The heating pad or the radiant warmer are just to help your baby stay warm while he or she is being examined and not on your body, which is the best way to keep your baby warm. The first thing that your care provider is going to do is just to observe your baby. And this is a really good habit for you to get into too because it helps you just to know your baby and to know his or her characteristics. The newborn exam, they try and do it when the baby is in the quiet alert state or when the baby is sleeping, though if the baby is sleeping they have to wake the baby at some point because they need to check for things when the baby's awake and the eyes and such. But they look at at the baby just watching him or her breathe, watching how the baby's checking things out, or the movements of the baby when the baby's sleeping. They watch everything, even how the baby is holding his or her arms and legs because they they want to begin those observations so that they can make note of something that may need further investigation later on and because you can really figure out a lot about how a newborn's going just by looking at how the newborn is doing uh, with breathing and with tone tone would be how the baby is holding his or her arms and legs and newborns that you want a newborn to have good tone meaning you don't want them to be really floppy and limp because a floppy and limp baby is, is not a happy baby. So they're going to be looking at, at just the baby's overall general appearance. They'll also look at things like color. They'll look and see if the baby looks like he or she has labored breathing or has an unhappy expression on his or her face because those can be clues into something else going on with your baby. Most of the time babies look great and they're just looking at the color to make sure that that all of the baby is pink and that the baby is breathing well and they, they're also looking for things, looking at markers that can help them determine gestational age, that can help them determine how well the baby grew in the, grew in the womb. Those are the sorts of things that they're looking at when they look at the overall picture of the baby. When they look at clues for gestational age, they're looking at things like the baby's skin and ear cartilage on the baby. They're also going to look at the baby's nipples and the area around the nipples. They look at the feet to see the creases in the feet. And, uh, and also looking at the testes or the labia can help determine gestational age. And it's important to know gestational age of the baby because sometimes earlier babies can have more problems. 
or post-dates babies may have a breathing problem or something. So that you want to have an accurate assessment of gestational age. And that's probably one of the first things that they will assess. Then again, they're going to look over things like tone and posture. They look to see how the baby responds to different types of stimuli, light, sound, touch, those sorts of things. Your care provider is going to do a head-to-toe exam. And they may look at a few things like the gestational age and the neurologic response right away. But everything else is pretty much going to be wrapped up in the head-to-toe exam. So they're going to do your baby's measurements. And again, all care providers are different about the order in which this is done. A lot of them take measurements early on in the exam when they're at that area. They'll do a head measurement when they're at the head, a chest measurement when they're at the chest. Others want to group all measurements together. Most wait on the wait until the end of the exam, though if you had your baby at the hospital, it's very common for the baby just to be whisked over and put on the scale right after they've made sure that the baby is quote-unquote stable, and then they bundle the baby up and bring her back to you at which point you should probably unbundle the baby and put her skin to skin on your chest but that's a subject for another podcast but the weight and measurements are part of the exam so some care providers may wrap this up in the other parts of the exam while they're doing the head to toe and others may wait on measurements till after they're done often until they have an apprentice or a nurse nearby who can write things down and your care provider will have a chart with them while they're doing the exam so that they can make notes about all these things and remember you can always ask for a copy of your baby's chart and your uh, birth records and I would definitely encourage you to do so because it's it's just good to have a record of those things for yourself okay so they're gonna ask you or if they're doing it quickly soon after birth based on what they've observed um, they're gonna ask you about is baby peeing has baby passed any meconium Meconium is the black tarry poop that your baby lets out first before normal breastfed poop begins. Your care provider will examine your baby's skin and when he or she is looking at the skin they're going to look at the texture, the color of the skin, the opacity of it. They'll look for bruises or swelling. Sometimes babies get bruising during birth. Um, If your baby was born by cesarean or with uh, instrumental delivery sometimes there will be a nick or a cut or bruising from that so they'll look for all of those things looking at the opacity of your baby's skin and the color of your baby's skin can be a good indication of gestational age they'll also look to see if there's still a lot of vernix on your baby's skin or not vernix is again another indicator of gestational age They're going to look at your baby's head, and what they're looking for on the head is molding. Molding is the bones of the skull of your baby are not. The skull isn't one solid bone yet. There's there's several bones, different plates, and there's fontanelles, which are the soft spots. And those plates of the skull can actually overlap a little bit to, to help your baby move and navigate down through the birth canal. Uh, So they'll look at the molding, usually even in cases where there's a lot of molding. So if the baby sat in the birth canal for a while and then he or she came out and had a little cone 
cone head, that goes away very quickly. And if the newborn exam is being delayed at all by a few hours or by the next day, usually the molding is pretty much all gone by that point. It really corrects quite quickly, but they'll look for that. Uh, they're also going to check your baby's fontanelles. There's one in the front and one in the back. I'm actually touching where they are on my head right now, which I realize that you can't see. It's a little bit hard uh, hard to explain, but the front fontanelle, it's, it's not right at the crown of the head where you might wear a tiara. It's actually back a little bit. It is in the center. Both of them are in the center. Uh, but it's probably back about an inch from where a tiara would sit if you had it on your forehead or if your little girl likes to dress up in, in princess crowns. And then the that's the anterior fontanelle and then the posterior fontanelle is in the back of the head and it's kind of right at the right at the crown of the head in the back. They'll check to make sure that both of those are open because you, you do want them to be open on the baby and when you're feeling your baby's head you can gently press where those fontanelles are. It doesn't hurt your baby. Uh, you don't want anything you know really rough treatment but you, you can feel okay combing your baby's hair and rubbing his or her head. That's okay. Um, they'll look at, at hair texture. They'll look for any swelling or anything like that. Just checking to, to see how the baby's head is doing. They're going to look at your baby's eyes. They'll look at the spacing of the eyes. Then they'll use instruments to, to look at the baby, to look at different different signs to look for inside the baby's eye. One of them is the the red eye sign and that's actually you want that to be there in your baby. And it's the same thing that cameras pick up but they actually try and work to find that. They look for different things like that in the eyes and and they look at look to see if there appears to be any broken blood vessels or anything in the eyes. So the eyes are important not just for their spacing, but they're actually looking for things in the eyes. But they'll make all of these observations of the head area. This will all be at the same time. It's all going to be integrated into the exam. And again, usually babies don't mind it at all. They'll look at the ears. They're going to look at the shape of the ears. I mentioned a few minutes ago when I talked about gestational age that they look at the at the cartilage of the ears because that can be a good indicator of gestational age. So they are, they look at, at the cartilage in the ears. They look at where they're spaced in relation to the eyes, where they're placed on the head because abnormal placements can indicate things like Down syndrome or they can let the care provider know to look more into detail on things. That's an important thing to note. The newborn exam is reassuring, it's good for parents, it's usually enjoyable, and it, it's also a good way for your care provider to know if he or she should look into something in more detail. And it gives them an idea of not necessarily that there is something wrong, but where they may want to do a more in-depth check of something because they see something that may not be what they normally see. Okay, so moving down from the ears, they're going to look at the nose. They want to see what kind of discharge there is. They want to look at the shape of the nose. They want to make sure that the nostrils can flare, that everything's functioning right with the nose. They'll look at the mouth, and also with the mouth, they look at the throat. They look at your baby's lips and teeth. They check the membranes inside the mouth. They look to make sure that there's saliva 
one of the most important things that they'll do is check the baby's palate to make sure that there's no palate defects in the baby which could affect nursing because even if there's not a cleft lip on a baby sometimes there can be a cleft palate sometimes a palate can be very a very high arch and that can cause problems for a baby with nursing so they're going to be checking for all of those things uh, they'll also check the baby's neck they want to look at the position of the neck and they look and they feel the baby's neck the thyroid gland is in the neck the trachea is in the neck there are lymph nodes in the neck there's all kinds of stuff going on in there so they're gonna look at the neck they're gonna feel the neck to make sure that everything feels as it should uh, there are different reflexes that the baby assesses or that the baby assesses there are different reflexes that a baby displays and some of them involve the positioning of the head when other things are put into certain positions so they're gonna look to to make sure that those things those normal reflexes that your baby is supposed to have that your baby has because those things too can be an indication as to whether the baby should be watched closely or not if one of those reflexes is missing uh, they're also gonna listen to the baby's heart moving on down the chest they'll listen to the heart, they'll listen to the lungs they want to make sure the heart rate's good they want to listen to the heart pattern to see if they hear to see if they hear anything abnormal in the heart rate pattern so one of my children, uh, my second child, Asher he actually had kind of an abnormal heart rate pattern as an infant all the way through infancy and into his second year of life and then it kind of faded away sometimes those things come back in adulthood and it'll, it'll be interesting to see if it does but uh, the doctors haven't heard anything since then so sometimes there's an oddity in the heart rate pattern that's benign or it's transient meaning it doesn't last but your care provider will be listening for that and they'll they'll let you know if it's something that needs to be investigated further with the lungs too they're going to be listening for breathing sounds or respirations um, and how how many breaths per minute your baby's taking that's respirations they want to make sure that the lungs are inflating properly they want to watch your baby and make sure baby's not having trouble breathing if baby this is something you can watch for yourself too if baby seems to be gasping or if when your baby's breathing in you see his, his chest go in a lot they call it retractions is the technical term for it and if you see the chest kind of cave in a little bit like it's pulling under the rib cage when your baby breathes that's having retractions it means that your baby's having trouble breathing that's definitely something that if you notice you want to call your care provider right away and it's something that they're going to look for grunting and things uh, now all babies grunt some when they poop or something like that or sometimes babies just snortle and they're snortly babies but if it's grunting that seems to be accompanied by labored breathing that would be another thing that they look for during the newborn exam and that you can be aware of just when you're interacting with your baby and let your care provider know right away if you do notice that they look at your baby's chest not necessarily talking about heart or lungs listening here but actually looking at your baby's chest they want to look to make sure that things are symmetrical um, they check the the cartilage around your baby's breasts and they check the nipples on the baby again those can be good indicators of gestational age remember it's normal for a baby's breasts to be swollen slightly they think that's because of maternal hormones 
uh, and then it, it, they return to normal flat chest after the first few days postpartum as baby clears your hormones. But your midwife or doctor will note those things and check for the symmetry, check for the symmetry of the limbs, and then check for the symmetry of the lower body as they're moving on to that too. On the arms, they want to make sure that your baby has good range of motion. They look for creases and things on the arms. They check pulses in the arms so you can ask your care provider when they're listening to the different to to the different places on your baby. What are you listening for? Breath sounds or pulses and they should be happy to tell you. They look at the size and the shapes of the hands. They look at the fingers and the nails. They look to make sure that there's five fingers on each hand, that sort of thing. Then they check the baby's abdomen. They're going to check the cord vessels, which they want to look at the cord and they want to see that there's three vessels in the cord. Some babies only have two and they're perfectly fine. Sometimes if there's only two vessels, they want to do further testing and make sure that everything was okay with the baby. They look for hernias. They may listen to the baby, just listen to how the abdominal cavity sounds. They do this usually by, by putting... Um, by either putting an ear directly to it, but sometimes they'll put fingers on it and then flack their fingers with the fingers from their other hand. This is it's called percussion, and they listen to those sounds. Um, and then they also they may listen with a stethoscope or again a bare ear, and they want to listen to the sounds of your baby's gut working, because that's that's obviously important to babies. They feel around in the abdomen to see if they feel any masses that shouldn't be there, any tenderness. They check the liver, the kidneys, the baby's spleen, all of that sort of thing. They're going to check your baby's genitalia, so they'll check to make sure that everything looks normal in appearance. They want to make sure that the structure is correct on your baby boy. They'll look to make sure that the testicles have descended, or if they haven't, they'll let you know that. Usually testicles descend in pregnancy, but some babies, they don't descend um, until after birth, and your doctor will keep an eye on that if that's the case. They'll check your baby's legs, just like with the arms. They want to check the range of motion, and this is where that assessment that I spoke of earlier that babies often don't like when you're checking their hips. <sighs> Corwin has an opinion on that. They check for hip dysplasia and it involves flexing the hips. Some babies don't mind it, some babies get really offended by it. Uh, and then again, just like with the arms, they're going to listen for pulses, they're going to look at creases, they're going to check just the joints and things where your baby's legs and hips are attaching to the body. And just like with the hands, they'll check your baby's feet, the size, the shape, they look at creases, they check the toenails and the toes, how much motion there is, that there's five toes on each foot, that sort of thing. They'll turn your baby over and they'll do a check on the back and, and the spine. One of the things that they look for when they turn your baby over is to make sure that the spinal cord is closed uh, and that the, the skin and things are closed over the spinal cord. They'll look to see if there's any dimpling. It's called the sacral dimple because it's right over the sacrum. If you listened to the last podcast episode, you know all about the sacrum. Uh, but the sacral dimple, it can indicate that there's a problem, and it can also be totally benign or totally not a problem. 
three of my babies have a sacral dimple and it's they're fine there's no neurological issues going on with any of them uh, so I think that some people just have that characteristic and other people don't and maybe it's inherited but it is something that your midwife or doctor will note and you can ask them more about it or bring it up to your pediatrician when we had the first one with that happen I brought it up to the pediatrician and she kept an eye on our son for his first year but it's obvious now that he's fine. But remember, anything that worries you, you can ask about. Then they're also going to look and examine your baby and check reflexes. So a couple of the, the common reflexes that they look for are the Morrow reflex. You may have heard this one. Um, another one is the startle reflex, which is probably my least favorite reflex ever because... <coughs> Actually, I don't think that Corwin really did it all that much. I mean, he did, but he didn't do it a lot. But I've had some babies who are really prone to startling. Again, my second baby, Asher, anytime I went to put him on the changing table or, or lay him down on the bed, it would activate his startle reflex. And the startle reflex is where they just they throw their arms out and they kind of they look like they're startled, like they're going, ah! And, uh, and it's just, and they usually get upset, which is why I don't like it because your baby gets upset and who wants their baby upset so are you commiserating Corwin so they'll check for things like the moral reflex and um, the startle reflex the the moral moro reflex is when the baby kind of tries to to hold on and they're not sure why people have it nor are we really sure why people have a lot of the reflexes that they see but but they're very very normal the rooting reflex is a reflex that they'll look for and it's normal in babies and that's where the baby's kind of bobbing their head around now this is for mama oh the joys of podcasting with a mobile baby um you're okay you're okay the rooting reflex is where your baby's bobbing his or her head around looking for a breast to latch onto. It's really kind of funny to watch. But if you see your baby doing that, then you want you want your baby to, to latch on. And your baby actually will turn his or her head when your baby feels a brush on the cheek or something. The baby actually turns his or her head trying to look for the look for the breast that's being offered. Other reflexes sucking reflexes, sucking and swallowing, biting, extrusion. I won't go into all of them because I know that we're getting we're getting farther along in the podcast and Corwin's getting fussy. But there are many, many reflexes that that they'll look for. And if they're narrating the exam, they'll say when they're doing them, but some of them you may not even notice. Like one is a sit to stand reflex and when They'll often do this when they're checking your baby's arms and hands, and they'll incorporate checking for this reflex into that point part of the exam, so that they're not you're not having to go back over and over and over and over the baby, and you're keeping the baby comfortable and happy. The last part of the exam for many care providers is Corwin is just not happy. I'm sorry. The last part of the exam for many care providers is again the measurements. So they're going to measure your baby's head circumference, they measure chest circumference, they'll measure how long your baby is, and they'll do your baby's weight. If 
I'm not sure if hospitals, if they did the weight right after birth, if they did it again, but I suspect that they probably do. So they'll do your baby's weight. And this is the moment that you always see in home births and births in reverse, where the baby is being suspended from the little fish scale in the hammock with the feet poking out. I think it's kind of an obligatory photo shot uh, to find out how much the baby weighs. But some care providers may bring a little baby scale. It doesn't really matter, but they'll, they'll record the baby's weight. They'll have everything written down, and again, you can ask for a copy of the newborn exam. And again, I would just encourage you that you ask that you be there for the newborn exam, the full exam, and that you ask your care provider to narrate as they're going through it so that you know. Or you may want to just watch while they're doing it, but do observe because it gives you a great chance to observe and get to know your baby too. If the newborn exam is delayed, you can know that your care provider has done some sort of preliminary exam, a quick once over, so to speak, though it's probably more like a twice or thrice over, and they'll, they feel comfortable with delaying the full exam. If you want them to do a full exam sooner, and it's your midwife's policy to do the exam on the second day, for instance, then you can talk to her about that and express the interest in having it done sooner. Or if you feel like something is not right, always bring that up. But on the whole, the newborn exam is very enjoyable for the parents. The babies usually don't mind it, and it can usually be delayed while you enjoy that initial bonding time, and then you can enjoy watching your baby interact with the examiner. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I will be back to talk to you next week. Remember, leave me a rating on iTunes or in Stitcher or in any other podcast directory that you may have found us in. I'm so glad that you found me. I love getting your feedback. I love hearing from you. You can always email me, Kristen, at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. If you would like to get a copy of our free mini birthing class series, you can head over to trustbirth101.com. That's www.trustbirth101.com. And you can sign up there. You get our free Trust Birth workshop, which comes with a workbook and a guide to preparing for birth, and also the Trust Birth 101 MP3. And then you also get a little series of mini birthing lessons in your inbox. I get a lot of great feedback on that, and I love tailoring that to what you really need. So check it out, and I will talk to you next week. Have a great, blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.